I have a letter to read to you from the Free Methodist Church in Bishop Cliff. It says, Dear friends in Christ, warm greetings to all of you in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm writing to inform you that Reverend Elizabeth Mayer has accepted the position of lead pastor at Polson Park Community Church, effective August 1st, 2023. It is therefore and is therefore being released from her appointment as associate pastor at North Granville Community Church, effective that same day. I want to encourage you to express your appreciation to Pastor Mayor for what she has contributed to the life of your congregation during the time that she has served the North Granville Community Church. Please join me in offering your prayers for Pastor Mayor and Alexander Alex as they continue their journey of walking with Jesus and serving in this new capacity. capacity. May the Lord continue to bless you abundantly in all your good works for the kingdom. Sincerely in Christ, Cliff Fletcher, Bishop. So that is the official announcement for Pastor Liz. We're going to have a Sunday in a, in a few weeks' time, uh, the last Sunday in July, where uh, we're going to have the children stay up in the service and Pastor Liz is going to tailor a sermon around her time here and her uh, and which will be ch child friendly so that they can uh, partake in the service and we're just going to take time in that service to bless Pastor Liz and to uh, send her off with our prayers in that service so yes continue to pray for Pastor Liz as she and Alex as they prepare to move to Kingston we're so thankful for them. We're going to invite Pastor Liz to come forward and the children as they prepare to go downstairs for their program. I encourage you to look in your own Bibles to the book of Acts as we continue to get to the end of the, this wonderful story of the early apostles. And last week we saw how Paul had been arrested and how he shared his testimony when he was arrested. Uh, for those of you who missed out last week, I'll give you a, a little a, 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 a summary of last week's sermon. It, I found it amazing as I was preaching last week um, that Paul had the right to say he was uh, owed a fair trial because he's a Roman citizen. But before he asked for this opportunity to... Uh, go before a Roman court, he instead decided to share his testimony. Could you imagine that? You have a right to a fair trial. It's like, uh, and I gave this example last week, it's like you've been arrested and you get your one phone call, right? Like that's what we, when we watch TV, you know, none of you hopefully have been arrested, and so you wouldn't know this from personal experience, but uh, maybe you've watched enough uh, shows where, like I mentioned so many times, how my wife loves these detective shows, and a guy gets arrested, he gets his f one phone call, right? Imagine you're arrested, you get one phone call, and you use it to call up someone to share your faith with them. That's what Paul's kind of doing here. He gets his one plea to, to say, hey, I'm going to speak. Can I speak now? And instead of saying, hey, I need to make a defense for myself, he says, hey, I need to tell you about Jesus. Now, at the end of it, he gets flogged. He gets beaten. They're like, this isn't a defense. Boom, beaten. 
But then he says, hey, I am a Roman citizen. I'm due a fair trial. And so that kind of brought us to a point where I'm just going to go back over it a little bit here, where we see in um, where he tells his story in verse, verse 8, and he says, Who are you, Lord? Remember, Paul, he saw a bright light, and he asked this bright light, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord answered, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. My companions saw the light, but did, they did not understand the voice whom was speaking. And, he, and then Paul responds, What shall I do, Lord? I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go to Damascus. There you will be, uh, there you will be told that you have been assigned to do. My companions led me by the hand into Damascus because of the brilliance of the light had blinded me. A man named Ananias came to me. He was a devout observer of the law, highly respected by all the Jews there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, He said to me, sorry, I just lost my place. Brother Saul, receive your sight. At that very moment, I was able to see him. So Paul's telling his experience of how he was blinded, and then uh, uh, he, he was wondering, after seeing this bright light, who is this? And it's Jesus who speaks to him. Now, here's my message this morning. I want you to know how important it is that Jesus speaks to you. Yesterday, I mean last week, sorry, last week I told you how important it is for you to know your testimony, and one of the reasons you need to know your testimony is for yourself, to encourage yourself. Do you remember me saying, those of you who were here last week, how important that is? Why? Why do you need to remember your testimony for yourself? Because there are times in your life where you need to encourage yourself. As Christians, we're supposed to encourage each other. That's a very important thing. But how hard is it when you wake up on a cloudy day and figuratively cloudy maybe and you feel down in the dumps and you would rather be in bed than get up and either go to work or or maybe go to church or uh, uh, go out and see the world you'd rather be by yourself I think that's a part of the human experience I don't I, um, for those of you who enjoy personality tests, um, uh, you might be introverted or you might be extroverted, and I know some of you are introverted. Guess what? Even as an extrovert, there are still times I love people, I get energy by people, even preaching you today will get me up and get me going. However, I'll tell you there are times where my energy is still low, where I still want to be in bed, where I need to talk myself into doing the things that I know are better for me, to go have a meal, to go and get some exercise, to go and talk to my family, to go out and be a part of my community, to do my job as pastor well, to be a good husband, a good father, all those things, they, I need encouragement in them. And I'll tell you what, there are days where I don't know where to get that encouragement from, and it's my testimony, it's the words that God spoke to me in the first place. 
So for Paul, why did he have to tell when he's on trial his testimony of the, the time he heard Jesus' words for the first time? Because he needed, in this moment where he's being arrested, he needed that encouragement to keep him going that he had once heard Jesus tell him that this is his mission. There's the days where I have to remind myself, and I, I don't know if I've told all of you, but I know for those of you who've been here for the past six years, you will have heard it at some point that it required me to go down to Ecuador to hear a call on my life to change um, uh, my studies to pastoral ministry. It was in Ecuador when I heard a young man at the same age as me say, I'm going to serve the Lord, and, and it was his hearing Jesus that helped me hear Jesus and Jesus spoke to me saying you can do that in your home country too you don't need to be in the country of Ecuador to serve me you can be serving me in Canada and I came back and 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 I decided to be a pastor now being a pastor is not easy and there have been times now I would not say I've been through anything like Paul where he's like being beaten and put on trial however there are times where accusations come against you there are times where life feels difficult and you feel like you're going through trials and whether it be for me as a pastor or for you you've been through times in your life where you feel discouraged and you're like why why I am am I even doing that why am I even doing this is there a way out of this situation and I'm telling you right now the it's not just your testimony it's the words of Jesus that matter when you've heard the spirit of God speak to your spirit you can continue to move forward you could be, remind yourself uh, and I was talking to someone this week and it was a good encouragement that said that God gives us promises that are for the future that are from the past that we need to remind ourselves in the present promises for the future that are from the past that we need to remind ourselves in the present. And I believe that's what Paul's doing here. Now, some of you might say, well, is that enough? I remember Jesus speaking to me in the past. And you might crave a fresh word. Now, this week, I was going through an experience like that. And John chapter 10, verses, verse 27 encouraged me and it was Jesus reminding me my sheep hear my voice and they listen to me my sheep hear my voice and they listen to me and so in that verse it reminded me that as Jesus is speaking he's telling us not only do we hear God once but this is an ongoing word you can imagine a shepherd right Jesus using this analogy of a sheep and a shepherd if the shepherd calls out and the sheep follow behind what if there's one that heard but is trailing and is a little slower than the rest he might have to call out multiple times some of us are a little slow did your parents ever have to tell why do you gotta keep telling you so many times hello pastor thomas was one of those boys growing up you know you're a little slow you're a little catch on you got to be told several times well god is patient God is willing to tell you over and over and over again. Here's the reality is God will continue to speak to you, but if you can't hear God, it's probably because you're doing what my kids like to do, which is called selective hearing. 
You're choosing to tune out the voice of God because you've got your own plans for now. And I'm telling you, God continues to speak. So here at the beginning of Acts chapter 22, we see Paul recount the time that Jesus spoke to him, but we're going to see, we're going to see that, that the voice of God continues to speak. I'm going to pick up in verse 22. The crowds listened to Paul until he said all this. Then they raised their voices. Oh, wait, I'm going to pick up. Sorry, I believe I finished this chapter. I'm going to pick up at chapter 23. So chapter 22 was all about Paul sharing that he's a Roman citizen. Chapter 23. Now, uh, if we go back a few verses into chapter 22, it says the commander... In verse 30, the commander wanted to find out exactly why Paul was being accused by the Jews. So the next day he released him and ordered the chief priest and all the members of the Sanhedrin to assemble. Then he brought Paul and had him stand before him. My Bible has all of these um, different, um, you know, breaks in it with with headings and I, and I want to remind you as as believers that the original writers of the New Testament didn't put these headings in so this is the editor of the Bible you know whoever releases your Bible Bible mine is put out by Zondervan Zondervan decides to put in the headings and break up the paragraphs in different places and um, and, and in the medieval ages is when they put the verses in between the numbers with the verses and so sometimes it's hard to to know uh, where do I start and where do I continue because I find uh, my Bible picks up at verse 30 there uh, on chapter 22, even though the chapter 23 is only um, a, f- a, f- a few sentences later. So we'll, we'll, we'll now move into chapter 23, and it says, and Paul's about to address the Sanhedrin. Now the Sanhedrin, just to remind you, are the Jewish rulers in Jerusalem, all right? They're the ones who are put in charge by the people of Israel. So Paul looked straight at the Sanhedrin and said, my brothers, I fulfilled my duty to God in all good conscience to this day. At this, the high priest Ananias ordered that those standing near Paul strike him on the mouth. Then Paul said to him, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. You sit there to judge me according to the law, yet you yourself violate the law by commanding that I be struck. Now, it's amazing. Jesus gets struck and beaten during the time of his, the passion of Jesus, right? Right before he goes to the cross and he says nothing. Well, guess what? Paul is a mere human being, not God incarnate in the flesh, and he can't handle it. And he comes back at him, I think, like many of us would if we were getting uh, struck in the mouth, and we'd want to say something. And he comes against the priest. And then, verse 4 says, those who were standing near Paul said, how dare you insult God's high priest? He didn't know that he was the priest. Paul replied, brothers, I did not realize that he was the high priest, for it is written, do not speak evil about the rulers uh, of your people. Then Paul, knowing that some of them were Sadducees and others were Pharisees, called out in the Sanhedrin, 
My brothers, I am a Pharisee, descended from Pharisees. I stand on trial because of the hope of the resurrection of the dead. When he said this, a dispute broke out between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. The Sadducees say that there is no resurrection and that there are neither angels nor spirits, but the Pharisees believe all these things. Okay, so Paul, he imagine this. He's sitting there. He's um, uh, arguing with the chief priest, the ruler of the Sanhedrin, the rulers of the people of Israel. And... Um, he makes the mistake of coming against the priest and then gets struck in the mouth. And, and then he, he actually repents in a degree to say, oh, man, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were the chief priest. And God says we shouldn't speak against our leaders. And I, I could just imagine he, he, he's going from being defensive and speaking against them to now a little bit of a, a retreat and feeling like, oh man, I made a mistake. And, and I could just imagine him, I'm going to sit down for a second, I could just imagine him sitting there, like, restrained, punched in the mouth, maybe he's even got a bloody nose, who knows, but he's, he feels a, a, a bit defeated. And in that moment, he's like, what am I to do? How is this going to work out? And the only thing he could think to do is to appeal to these people by saying, I was once one of you. I was a Pharisee. I'm one of you. He just did it with the Romans, right? He got out of the situation with the Romans by saying, hey, I'm a Roman. Don't I deserve a fair trial? Now he's begging to the Jews. Hey, I'm a Pharisee. Don't I? And then God somehow works this situation out. And, and, and life is strange like this. Sometimes we feel like we're between a rock and a hard place. And that expression means we got nowhere to go. There's no way out of this situation. They've got me. They've captured me. The Romans want to get me. The, the Jews want to get me. And who is for me? And you know, Paul writes these beautiful letters to the church. And he says things like, we're more than conquerors. And he says things like, if God is for you, who can be against you? He says these beautiful things. And yet Paul had to live it in a dire moment when he thought there was no way out. He makes an appeal and the strange situation comes. And it almost reminds me of like um, these stories in the Old Testament, like the story of Gideon, where the armies are, 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 are forced into confusion. And the, here, the, the Sadducees, it's the Sadducees and the Pharisees. It's not an opposing army. It, it's, it's the people who are supposed to be God's own people, but they don't recognize that Paul's actually bringing the message of God to them. And, and so God kind of uses their own political issues against them. See, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees are much like the liberals and the conservatives. I, I'm, not, I'm not joking here. They are the political parties of their days and have extreme beliefs that oppose each other. One, in, in this circumstance, the, the Bible explains it to us here. It says, one believes in the supernatural. They believe in the resurrection of the dead. They believe in spirits and angels. 
and the other one doesn't. Every, they're materialists, we would say. They only believe that the uh, Jewish religion, the Sadducees would say the Jewish religion is to uh, live in this world and everything is for this world. There's nothing beyond this world and they don't believe in the resurrection of the dead. It's interesting, even in today's world, we're finding more and more churches who either believe in a supernatural worldview or who don't. And I hope by now you know that we are a church who does. But even aside from that, there are so many um, issues that if someone just spoke one of these issues, it would cause an uproar if we gave people opportunity to debate these things. I'm not even going to mention them just because I don't want to trigger you in any way. But I'll be honest, we saw a great movie this week that I think everyone should see. And Pastor Liz said, hey, can I promote this movie? Because Pastor Liz pr- asked us to go see it, and we went and go see, saw it. And, and, and I thought, this, how could this movie be controversial? Because the movie is about rescuing kids who've been kidnapped. That's the premise of the movie. And yet... I went to watch a review online and there were people criticizing a movie saying it was just a political movie. Now, you can watch this movie. I'll tell you, you can go and watch this movie and know it has nothing to do with politics. It's just about people rescuing kids who've been kidnapped. However, anyone can take an argument and turn it against other people, especially when they're politically motivated. And as I read the scriptures... I understand that what Paul's life has been is that he once was affiliated with one of these political parties. He was, as he explains in one of his letters, he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was one of the chief rulers as far as you can. And in the last chapter, you actually explained this. He was studied under Gamaliel. He was one of the lead scholars in terms of being a Pharisee. And yet God pulled him out of that. Sometimes my dad says, hey, Thomas, why don't you run for politics? Because I believe God has a better calling, a higher calling, pulled me out of that world. God pulled him out. And so there's no, Paul has no vested interest in being a Pharisee or Sadducee. Why? Because Paul is now a follower of Jesus. Why? Because Jesus once spoke to him. And in this moment, confusion starts. And verse 9 says, there was an uproar. And some of the teachers of the laws who were Pharisees stood up and argued vigorously. We find nothing wrong with this man. He he was once on our side. We're for him, right? And and, uh, this happens in today's world. You mention a political leader, and if people like them, they stand with them. If they don't like them, they come against them. Again, won't mention any names because it's so triggering to us. And I don't even think Paul was trying to do this because Paul's a follower of Jesus. He's the name above all other names. And, and, and then they said, what if a spirit or an angel has spoken to him? This dispute, dispute became so violent that the commander was afraid Paul would be torn to pieces by them. He ordered the troops to go and take him down away from them by force and bring him into the barracks. Now, this kind of relieves Paul for a moment where the accusations are coming against him, but he's still held by the Romans, brought back to a barracks. He's still kind of in a rock and a hard place. He's probably still wondering, what is going on? How do I get out of this mess? And, and, and today's message, I really want to encourage you with the last 
verse that I'm going to read in the scriptures today, which is verse 11. And it says, The following night, the Lord stood near Paul and said, Take courage, as you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. It's interesting. What did Paul say in the previous chapter? Paul said, I heard from Jesus. He blinded me, gave my sight back. And verse 21 of chapter 22 says, Then the Lord said to me, Go and I will send you away to the Gentiles. Now we know Paul's missionary journey had commenced, that he'd already started to establish churches in Ephesus and other places. And yet he's back in Jerusalem, and he hears the word of God again to say, take courage. What did I start this morning's sermon saying? There are moments where we need to be encouraged. And that word encouragement has the word courage right in there. That's what encouragement is supposed to do, to bring you courage. Sometimes you need Jesus to speak directly to you to encourage you. Sometimes you're wondering, should I go left or should I go right in life? And you could get all of the, the advice in the world and you need Jesus to say, follow me. Or Jesus to say, I've got this. Amy Beth is between jobs right now uh, and in the fall, she's starting to get anxious about knowing that for the summer she, she can afford to kind of take the time off of work for now. But with a family of five and the kids going back to school, she'll need to find more work. Um, and she's like, oh, I just don't know what I'm going to do. And this week, uh, thankfully, we had some time in prayer. And one of the first things she felt she heard was God say, I'm going to take care of it. It's like, okay. And she said, I was able to, when she heard God speak and say, I'm going to take care of it. Now, some of you... Um, aren't familiar with the Lord's voice because God speaks in many different ways. In the Old Testament, the, the prophet Elijah hears the still small voice of God. It's like a gentle whisper. It's like, um, and, and, and here's another thing that you have to learn, and it's hard to learn this as I was talking to some other friends this week about uh, intuition. Sometimes intuition is different than God's voice. Your gut feeling can, well, and I, Sometimes you, if you know it's going to be God, you've got to follow God. But sometimes you have to discern between what you want, what you feel, and how God is leading. They are not always the same. They can be different things. Some people just want to follow an impression. And I'm going to say it's not easy to figure out how to hear God's voice and to follow it. But you get better at following it over time. The more you recognize God's voice, the more you can hear it through the noise. And sometimes we need that encouragement. And we're desperate for it. And in my Bible, the editors chose to put the punctuation mark behind take courage. Sometimes you need that word, take courage. Knowing that Jesus is with you 
requires that faith, that courage to believe that he has good plans for you moving forward. And learning to hear his voice is an experience that we have to rely on the words that we've heard in the past. Continue to seek him to speak to us, to listen to his voice in the present so that it will encourage us to keep following him in the future. I don't know where you are right now in terms of needing to hear God. For some of you, you might be like, I'm, I'm desperate. I need to hear God's voice now. There's a particular issue that I need to hear him on, and I need him to speak. And I encourage you to do what Amy Beth and I were able to do this week, which is to set aside some time specifically to listen. I'm going to be honest with you. It is very difficult to hear the voice of God when there are many voices competing with that voice. You got to turn off the radio. You got to turn off the TV, your phone. You've got to maybe go for a walk and check out nature. Or maybe as Jesus said, you have to find a closet. Jesus talked about going into a closet to pray to him. And even Jesus, as we read in the Gospels, took time in the morning to get up early in the morning to spend time with the Father so that he uh, wasn't distracted. It is very difficult, very difficult to hear God if you do not prioritize spending time with him. Um, We used to ask ourselves the question about spending time with our kids. Would you rather quantity or quality time? Of course, you would rather quality time. You can spend all kinds of time with people, but if there's no quality time of doing things that you enjoy together, uh, enjoying each other's presence, it doesn't matter if you have all the time in the world, if it's not quality. However, I do believe that quality can come out of quantity. Quality can come out of quantity, which means you have to make some time. You have to create space to hear God. Jesus did it himself. Paul was a man of prayer. We ourselves need to find time. And you know what? I'll confess, I'm not, as a pastor, always the best at it. Uh, Thankfully, I was able to do some this week, but even as I was spending time with God this week, you know what the Lord told me to do? Need to make more space. I need to have better, better rhythms in my life, better habits, better patterns of listening to God, because it's really hard to hear God's voice if we continually live our lives with a full schedule. And so I think one of the first things that we can do is say, hey God, I, if you're like Paul and you feel like you're in a place where you're in a, between a rock and a hard place, you feel like you're stuck somewhere, first you can ask God to unstuck you, to get you unstuck, to help you out of that situation like he got out of that situation. And then you might say, Lord, I need you to speak. I encourage you to create time for God to speak to you. 
Let's pray. Father in heaven, as Paul in the previous chapter reminded himself that you first spoke to him and called him, Lord, we want to thank you for the times where you've spoken to us in the past, where we've heard your voice, where we followed you. Thank you for that initial calling. Thank you for leading us into your presence, for drawing us near to you, for being our shepherd, and we, your sheep, want to Yes, respond to that initial calling, but Lord, we want to continue to listen, to continue to follow. And Lord, sometimes we wander off the path. Sometimes we feel like we're stuck. Sometimes we're discouraged. And Lord, we need a fresh voice, a fresh word. Lord, sometimes we need encouragement. Lord, I pray right now for those who need encouragement here in this room. Would you speak to them the way you spoke to Paul? Would you give us courage? Courage to face tomorrow. Lord, forgive us for the times where we've filled our lives with so many distractions we couldn't hear your voice. Lord, help us to learn to discern your voice better, clearer. Lord, help us to know your word well enough that when you do speak, we can say, yes, that was you. Lord, and in this moment, I pray that for those who need to hear you, they would hear you clearly. pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Rosalind, we invite you to come and lead us in our final song.